the pin because uh, you're going to need to be able to. So after everybody is finished with your connection cards, if you would just set them to the side and put them on your clipboard underneath your your note sheet, and we're going to get ready to get right into the work. All right, we're receiving our offering at the end of service. So if you want, just set your your offering envelope there to the side. <clears throat> also. Or just put it in the back of your clipboard. Hey, everybody okay this morning? Everybody doing all right? Anybody need anything? Y'all good? All right. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you today. All right, so everybody got your, you got your note sheet. This is, we're going to follow along with this. Look, this is your lesson for today, which is such a blessing. Because you're going to take this home with you and it gives you a little study guide for the rest of the week. You know, you won't say, well, what I learned was good at church. I don't remember what it was, but it was good. See, we're not trying to entertain you or tap your emotions. We don't need a whole lot of amens, but we do need you to learn the word today. Amen? And so you're just going to follow along and fill in the blanks, and, and we'll get through. It, it, it looks like a lot, but we'll get through much quicker than you think, because I'm a good preacher. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm a great preacher. Amen. 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 All right, you're ready? All right, hold on to your note sheet. This is a moment where we honor the word of God. Because the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is not just words in a book. It is God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word of God is the only book when you read it, it reads you back. Amen. 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 So hold this up, and we're going to make a faith declaration, just honoring the power of his word that's about to take place in our hearts. All right? Say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say, overflow. All right. Amen. Well, we are in an incredible breakthrough this year. We have been declaring since before the beginning of the year that this would be a year of incredible breakthrough. And it has been just magnificent to watch what God has done as we've declared every single month something different. Whether it's Jubilee in January, we're favored in February, um, Miraculous March, we declared Amazing Life in April, we declared Momentum May, Just Do It June, Jehovah Jireh July. And apple of his eye, August. We just came out of stretch out September. And now here we are in overflow October. So we've written 12 new chapters. We're, we're on our way. We're on uh, chapter number 10, just starting it today since this is our first Sunday in October. We're going to be talking about overflow. And it's been amazing to see how God has stretched us. I had no idea at the beginning of this year, not even by, I had, it was not even on my radar until May of this year that this place was even in the works. This is only our second Sunday here. I'm so grateful to be here. But God brought the incredible increase, the incredible breakthrough that brought us here. But it's because we began to declare those things over our lives. Our faith has been built. Our church has been built up. We declare this to be our breakout year. Amen. Hello. We, we don't even have a sign out yet. We're about to put a sign out. And once we put a sign out, we've been declaring and, and writing with our uh, the, the, the pen of a ready writer, our tongues. We've been writing the fact that people are going to be coming from the north, south, the east, and the west. They're going to come and they're going to learn the word of God. Not just learn the word of God, but be equipped and empowered for life. 
Amen. That's what we're here for. That's why we exist, is to bring people close to God. So we're preparing. I have two topics for October. I thought that was kind of strange, but then God laid it on me and let me know exactly what's going on. So we're in overflow October, but also he says, I want you to prepare for an outpouring. Prepare for an outpouring. So this is an outpouring that's going to come with preparation. That means we have to do our part. I say this all the time. God's a good checker player. He won't move if it's your turn. Amen. So that means that we got to take a turn before God is going to move towards us in this overflow or this outpouring. So let's look at our note sheets. Number one, overflow. God, number one, wants us to live an exceptional life. It's the will of God. It's the plan of God that we would live an abundant life. We would live an extraordinary life, not just a regular life or an ordinary life. God wants you to rise above anything you ever came out of, anything you've ever been that was low grade, no grade, or what have you. Amen. God wants you to come out of that and to move forward into an abundant life. So he, that's the very reason that he came. Look at John 10, 10 in the Amplified. The thief, the thief comes only in order to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now here Jesus tells us why he came. I came. That they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it what? Overflows. So God wants you to have this overflowing, exceptional life. Look at the message translation. It says, I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. So he wants us to live and to have an exceptional life, an overflowing life. Overflowing, he wants you to be overflowing with joy. Overflowing with peace. Overflowing with goodness and favor and blessings and plenty. Not lacking in any area. Come on, somebody say, overflow of life. Overflow. Amen. So what does overflow mean? Look here. It says the excess or surplus not able to be accommodated by available space. That's why he says you've got to prepare for an outpouring. That's why September will stretch out so you're ready for the overflow. Amen. And so then it says extra. How many of you would like to have extra? Spilling over, running over, crammed full, overloaded. And you know, David, King David wrote about this exceptional life. I know we mostly read the 23rd Psalm when we're at a funeral, which is a shame. But it said, which is a good thing. We want to hear about the shepherd who leads us on home and all that. But look what he does while we're here in the land of the living. Psalm 23, 5 says, you, pre- you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, what? My cup runs over. So David was talking about a life that, that ran over with the goodness of God. And look how it reads in the, um, in the message translation. He says, my, my cup brims with blessing. All right, so number one, he wants you to live an exceptional life. But number two, it's not just that he wants it. He promises us a life of overflow. How many of you know when God makes a promise, he means it? Amen. When he makes a promise, he's not going to take it back. In fact, it would be against his very nature or his ability to take it back. Yes. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will go out and accomplish the thing for wherein I sent it. So look here. He promises us overflow. Look at 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God are what? In him are yes and in him they are amen. So if he promised it, you can take it to the bank. He promises abundance. He promises an overflow. He promises an exceptional life. So we can we can bank on the fact that there's a there's a yes. Amen. It's yes. not just for other people. Amen. Amen. It's not just for other people, but that ex- 
exceptional life is for you too. Yes. Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man. One given to lies is not a son of man changing his mind. Aren't you glad God's not going to change his mind about the exceptional life? Yes. Does he speak and not do what he says? Does he promise and not come through? Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Now look at 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may what? Prosper in how many things? Please underline all things on your note sheet because that's important. He wants you to be prospering in every area of your life. We're made spirit, soul, and body. He wants you to prosper in your body. He wants you to prosper in your in your uh, in your finances, in absolutely every area, in your mind, your emotions. It would do you no good to have all the money in the world if you're all drama filled. Amen. Come on now. Drama field. I can't stand drama field. That's why we have a no tolerance uh, Amen. policy here for drama. If you brought drama in, you better leave it at the door because we will check you. Amen. You're in a, you're in a drama-free zone. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be you anything. You're not living an abundant life if you're all caught up and drawn up in drama. You know, and people are always like, what is it now? You know, that's not the will of God for your life. And, and you need to shake that off. You need to decide, you know what? I'm going to be a blessing to people and to myself. Amen. I'm going to stop being so difficult, so hard to get along with. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I'm, I'm just going to stop that. Because that's not the life that God came to give me. Amen. I can be just as cute as I can be, just as fine as I can be. But if I'm full of drama and mess, mm-hmm. I'm not living an abundant life. I just look cute. Amen. Come on now, Pastor. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, so listen to it. So prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Message Bible says, I pray for good fortune in everything you do and for your good health. That your everyday affairs prosper as well as your soul. And I'm going to up on that this morning. I felt it while I was putting this message together. As well as your soul. Your mind. What is your soul? There are five components. Your mind. Your will. Your intellect. Your emotion. Your imagination. So you, you, God needs you to prosper in that area. And you have to allow him to disciple you and mature you so you come out of that babyish thinking. And immature thinking. So that you can be a strong soldier for Jesus Christ. Amen. When you come into the army, what happens? You become government issue. You are no longer who you were when you got here. They cut your hair. They put you in a uniform so you look just like everybody else. Aren't you glad God lets us keep our uniqueness? Yes. But they come in and they're literally reprogrammed in their mind. Amen. They become soldiers. They learn to stand straight, make their bed. Stuff that they probably never did at home. They learn to do those things. They, they get matured within six weeks or else. Yes. <laughs> Trash can with a stick in it. <laughs> Whatever. Get up this three thirty eight. We're going to run. You did this on yesterday. We're going to make you think about it. So tomorrow you won't do that thing again. Amen. God matures us. He expects us to mature us. Why? So we benefit the body of Christ. Amen. Yes. So you got to prosper in your soul area. You got to come out of your emotions. You got to come out. You got to come out of stinking thinking. Amen. You got to decide you're gonna grow up. I don't normally preach like this, so let me just move on. But you know what? What I love about God is that He not only tells us and promises us that He wants us to live that kind of life, He tells us how to do it. He tells us how to tap into it. Because just like I said, he's a good checker player. Because you'll have your part, and then he does his part. He says, you draw near to me, and I'll draw near you. He waits on us to draw to And he draws us. But then once we're there, he says, you know, you, you have to respond to the drawing of God. The wooing of God. That's good. 
You have to respond to it. How many times do we shut God off? How many times do we shut him off and say, well, Lord, I'm busy right now? We have to respond to the wooing of God. So he's telling us how to tap in to overflow this month. Because number three, we said number one, that God wants to live and wants us to live what? An exceptional life. And then we said number two, God promises a life of overflow. Then number three, the will of God is not automatic. What? What do you mean the will of God is not automatic? The will of God, the promises of God do not come to pass just because God promised it. The promises of God come to pass because we walk by faith and not by sight. See, the only thing that pleases God is your faith. Faith pleases God. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So you've got, to, you've got to stretch to lay hold on the promises of God. You have to stretch yourself and use your faith. Because the will of God is not going to automatically... This abundant life is not going to drop in your lap. You've got to get a revelation on it. Hear it. Faith comes by hearing. And then it's got to be released by the words of your mouth. And then you've got to do something. There's got to be some action that goes along with it. Amen? Alright, so the will of God is not automatic. Does everybody understand that? See, it's the will of God that all men would be saved. Over in Timothy, he says, it's his will that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Right? So would you think all men would be saved then? Do all men get saved? All men and women, do they all get saved? Help me think. I want you to put your thinking cap when you come to church. Do, does everybody get saved? No. Everybody does not get saved. He says, go and preach the gospel. Some will believe and be saved. Some won't be damned. Right? So... If the will of God is not automatic, just because it's God's will, people would be saved, they're not all going to be saved. All right. So we've established that if the will of God for overflow in my life is going to come to pass, I've got to get involved with my faith. Amen. All right. Number four, the promises of God are received by faith. So number one, we said God wants us to live an exceptional life. Number two, he said he promises us a life of overflow. Number three, we found out the will of God is not automatic. And number four, the promises of God are received by faith. So we've got to use our faith. Galatians 3.14, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this, that we might receive the promise. Underline that, receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, that's talking about receiving the promise of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That's talking about receiving that. But every other promise is received the same way. He wouldn't have us receive the Holy Spirit. See, he sets a precedent for how to receive from him. And, and he wouldn't say, well, you receive the Holy Spirit through faith, but everything else, you don't have to work for it. No, all the promises of God are received by faith. You've got you've to believe it, and you've got to claim it for yourself. And then you've got to go after it. So the promise of healing, you could say, receive the promise of healing through faith. The, the, the promise of peace through faith. The promise of emotional stability through faith. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See, your heart will want to get troubled, right? But see, you can talk to your heart and say, don't be troubled, heart. The bills come in, you're worried about it. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Jehovah Jireh is on the scene. He's already gone before me. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. That's how you use your faith. Y'all with me this morning? Yes. All right. Number five. So it is a deliberate. Your brain is deliberate. It is a deliberate act of my faith to tap into the provision provided in the promises of God. So it's deliberate. It's not just going to happen. When God brought the children of Israel into Israel, into the promised land, he did not drop the grapes in their mouth. He put them within their reach. 
He put it within your reach. So you have to reach for the promises of God. It is deliberate. Amen. All right? So the promise and the pathway to having the all-sufficiency of grace of God, grace of God it's clear in His Word. So there's the promise and there's the pathway. Those are two big words right there. It's not a blank. I just want you to look at it. I want everybody's eyeballs right quick. Everybody's eyeballs. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. The promise and the pathway. There's a promise and there's a pathway to receive it. Everybody got that? The promise and the pathway. All right? Number six. Here's the pathway. You want the pathway? Does everybody want the pathway to grace? Amen. Yes. The overflow grace. All right. Here it is. Number six. Giving always connects us to overflow. Giving always connects us to overflow. Luke 6, 38. Give, and what happens? It will be given to you. How does it come back? Now, I give one way, and it comes back another way. It comes back good measure. Pressure. Now, why does it say good measure? Because, you know, back in the day when they would measure stuff, they would step on the scale. They would they had some, funny, some, some funky scales that would, that would tip in their favor. And so he's saying good measure, a good scale, good measure. Press down so you can get more in. Shake it together. You know how you put flour in something and you tap it down and go down a little further so you can get some more in? That's, that's what he's talking about right here. Shake it together and running over. And the Amplified says, with no space left for more, will be put into your bosom or lap. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So look at that. So overflow comes back. That sounds like overflow, doesn't it? Good measure, press on, shake together. And running over, with no space left of word, be put into your bosom, it will come to you. See, when you become a giver, deals fall in your lap. Stuff falls in your lap. It seemingly falls in your lap. But it's coming because you've opened up the windows of heaven and God's pouring out that blessing. That's, that's the way that he gets overflow to our lives. All right, look at message, the message translation. It says, give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Look, in, look at this. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity. So if I'm generous with others, God causes others to be generous with me. And what was seen for me is nothing to somebody else. It causes them to give into my bosom. See that? Do you see that he says that he causes that it will be put into your bosom? In, in one translation, it says, "Shall men give into your bosom?" So what he does when your seed goes goes into the kingdom of God, he speaks to the heart of somebody somewhere with your answer, with just what it is that you need. Come on. And he raises them up to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help you. So that's, that's that, that overflow in life coming back to you. Proverbs eleven twenty five. it says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. So overflow comes out to the measure that I give it out. Now look here at 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, <clears throat> He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also, also reap bountifully. Verse 7 says, So let each one give, as he purposes in his heart, I underlined it, but I'd like you to put a circle around it. Because God says he wants you to give as you purpose in your heart. He does not want you to give mechanically. That was the old covenant. Mechanical. Religious. He wants your heart to be involved. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Look at this part now. For God loves a cheerful giver. 
And God is able. He loves a cheerful giver. Look at verse 8 says, He's able to make all grace. All grace abound towards you. That means the power of God, the favor of God, the ability of God. Whatever it is that you need, one scripture comes, the manifold grace of God. That means many and varied. What does that mean? What you need, when you need it, where you need it. Amen. Hallelujah. So he's able to make this all grace abound towards us. It says that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance, sounds like overflow, for every good work. So this is the pathway. We see clearly that God has made a pathway. Here it is in Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord. Underline that. Because people get, get the idea that this is just about money. It's not just about money. It's about honoring God with a picture of yourself. You work all week to make that money. When you bring your tithe before the Lord, it comes up before God a sweet smell and savor, but it's got your picture on it. Amen. He knows who sent that seed up. But he says, honor the Lord with your possessions, with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your increase. So then what happens? What rebounds when we honor God with our possessions and with our wealth? Look at verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Filled with plenty. And your vats will what? Overflow. Somebody got a circle overflow right there because that's what we're talking about in October. So your overflow. Now this is talking about new wine and it's talking about where they stored their supply. See, we don't store wine anymore in a big barrel. We don't store, you know, our grain in big places. You know, we go to H-E-B or Randall's or wherever we go when we get what we get, right? But he's talking about our supply of resources. Amen? So he's talking about having an, a, 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 an overflow in your supply. You know, you can live to it. We can live off the bottom of the barrel. We can live off the top. God is saying he wants us to get to the place where we live in this place of overflow. So here's Malachi 3, 8 through 12. Will a man, we're still talking about the pathway, right? Malachi 3, 8 through 12. It says, will a man rob God? But before he said that, he says, you, you, you've walked away from my ordinances. You and, and this whole nation, you've walked away from my ordinances. And they say, well, in, in what ways? In, in what ways? In, what have we walked away from? And here he goes. Here's what he says. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Here it is. Underline it. In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then verse 10 tells us what to do. Here's the pathway out of the mess. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food or plenty in my house. See, they used to take food that they had to the, to the uh, house of God because that's how the priests and the orphans and the widows ate. Okay? Everybody got that? So, so it's different now. Now we got a light bill. We got to go to Home Depot and get stuff to uh, build these walls. We need to build in here. This is only week two. We need new carpet. We need to change out these columns for something more modern looking. It's 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 it can look better. We're aware of that, <laughs> and we have a plan to do it. But it's all going to take supply as we bring in our tithes and offerings. Amen. And as God moves on your heart to give, so that there may be food or plenty in His house. And look where God gives us a dare. I don't know of any other scripture where God dares us to try Him on something. But look here, He says, "And try me now in this," says the Lord of Hosts. If I not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, sounds like an outpouring, doesn't it? Sounds like you have to prepare for it too, doesn't it? You bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, and He pours out such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I, I love this because protecting power comes on your on, on what you have. Protecting power. Say that. Protecting power. 
comes on what you have. And he says, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Murray and I are tithers. My husband and I are tithers. When we went to get to, um, when we got married, we came back from our honeymoon and uh, Murray's home. The water heater had broken upstairs, but, it, but it, had, it had just barely begun to leak. So we were alerted that there was a problem. The water was going in the sink. The sink was overflowing. And then the, the next morning, it was 5 a.m., I started hearing a, a noise like, I thought, is something coming up the stairs? I'll have to get my mind. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? So I get to go in the other room. The water heater has burst. His water is gushing and flowing from up in the attic and is pouring down in the master closet. Pouring down, suddenly downpour. I happen to be awake thinking about this place. <laughs> how we were getting, how we were getting in here? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sound asleep, but I wake up at five thinking about this place. And, and see, that's God rebuking the devourer. If we had not been there, or if I had slept through this, that house would have filled up like a fish tank mm-hmm. because of the way the water was poured out. Because the valve wasn't going to shut up. It was just going to keep going and keep going and going. And so we were able to, to, within 30 minutes, find the shutoff valve and get it. And so the damage was very minimal. But see, that's God rebuking the devourer for our sakes. Yes. See, that's what he does. See, you, you just, you know, there are some ways that he reduced the devour for us that you don't even ever, you probably won't even ever see. Yes. You won't even ever know what you dodged yes. or what God caused you to dodge or what God did for you. And he said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So there's protecting power comes on what you have. I'm excited about this. Y'all looking like y'all trying to sleep on me, but I'm, you know what, let me move down here. Because maybe, maybe that's the problem. I got it, Kim. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm feeling feel 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 I think I've been up all night before the Lord. Y'all think y'all gonna sleep on me? I don't think so. I need some more amens. I need some fun. I need some excitement. I'm not doing all the work. Y'all here too. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Amen. So He will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that He will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. So my job's got to bear fruit for me. Whatever business it is that I'm in. Business has got to come to come to me. Fruitfulness belongs to me. Yes. Hallelujah. Y'all are awake now. Good. All right. Says the Lord of hosts. And I love that circle that because it says, says the Lord of hosts. He, he could have called himself Jehovah Jireh right there. He could have called himself El Shaddai, all-powerful, almighty God. But he says, says the Lord of hosts. That's the God of all supply. That's the God of absolutely everything. The Lord of hosts is the God who made it all. Who has it all and can put it where he wants it to be. Hallelujah. So he called himself the Lord of hosts right there. So you ought to get excited that whatever it is that I need, God has it for me. Hallelujah. All right. So now, um, what we see working in this scripture, in this scripture that we just, oh, let me finish reading it. See, we're not supposed to be around. Those are the vine fail to, uh, fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now look at this, verse 12. And all nations will call you blessed. Now he's talking about Israel here, but everybody's going to look at your life and say, ain't she blessed? Amen. Amen. Man, he's a, he's a blessed, you'll be known as a blessed man. People revere you because you're a blessed man. Amen. You're riding different. You're dressing different. Looking different. Holding your shoulders back as you know who you are as a child of God. Come on now. Hallelujah. He said, all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. Yes. 
Your life will just look delightful. Amen. Says there, it says it again. It says the Lord of hosts. So what we're working with in the scripture here is the principle of consecration. Somebody say consecration. consecration. The principle of consecration. All right, so number two, let's look at the second part of what God has spoken to me for this month. That this overflow October, prepare for an outpouring. Let's look at preparing for an outpouring. It's called consecration. Say that word, consecration. consecration. So what does consecration mean? Let's look at our definition there. It means to be set apart. Set apart. It means to separate ourselves as men and women of God, uncompromising, surrendered, and dedicated. Joshua 3.5, God says this. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself. So God is saying before he does the amazing thing, this outpouring, Consecrate yourselves. That means be separate. That means come apart. That means spend a little more alone time with God, Lex. Yep. A little, little more alone time with God. A little more prayer time. A yeah. little more time in His Word. A little more time speaking His Word. A little more time praying in the Holy Ghost. A yeah. little more time worshiping God. A little more time praising God. Consecrated. Be consecrated. Come out of society and be separate. Yes. We're the people of God. Come out from society and be the blood-bought, born-again people of God that we are. Because how many of you know it's easy to blur the line when we're in there with them all the time? It's not who we are. We have to remember that we are just passing through. This place is not my home. I am on my way somewhere. So consecrate. Consecrate needs to be set apart, set aside. We're coming a little bit deeper. So we started a daily consecration a year ago. Pastor Robert talked about it. I got what he was saying when he started talking about dispensations. We, I, I knew where he was going with that. That 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 we started a, one year ago. We started to have this seven thirty a.m. prayer call, and we turned aside. And I'm telling you, the first few weeks was like, "Oh Jesus, help me! Oh, this flesh don't want to wake up. Lord, I love you, but I'm tired. And we're fasting too. I want my cookies." started fasting and prayer and we get up every morning at 7 30 as a church and we meet all in one accord on this prayer call and we began to you know declare breakthrough and declare you know uh, salvation for people i can't remember what all we prayed for last year but but we we got to the end of that thing and we had by the 30 30 or so days that we had done it we said we don't want to stop pastor i said i'm so glad you said that because i don't want to stop either We've come out to such a place where we're so used to that time where we meet with God every morning together that we didn't want to stop it. And that time of consecration has birthed incredible breakthrough in our church. Look around. Yes. Come on. And in our individual lives. Y'all can look at mine. (laughs) Wait, Murray. (laughs) That's a six foot four breakthrough right there. But praise God, 
if God has poured it out on your on your um, spiritual authority, it's got to flow onto you. The Bible yes. says that the oil runs down and it picks up speed as it goes down. So I'll be looking for some accelerated, incredible breakthroughs. That's why we call it Acceleration Church. We don't do it slow. Praise God. So Joshua 3, 5. So it, it, it says, I want to just read that again. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And he has done amazing things. So it is a direct result of our discipline to consecrate the first part of every morning for corporate prayer. So number one, we are going into a deeper season of consecration. We have made this lifestyle of consecration every morning at 730, right? Yes. yes. Most of us. I said, most of us have made this a, a season of consecration that has become easier for us. So, so what I'm asking everybody to do is to begin to get on that prayer call. Everybody pull out your cell phone real quick. Pull out your cell phone. Will, you better not slam your hand like you aggravated. No, he went. I heard it over here. Yeah, you wouldn't grab me with some attitude. No, no, no. I saw it. Pull out your cell phone. Everybody, pull out your cell phone. What y'all doing? Get your cell phone out. Get your cell phone out. Okay. Text the word acceleration to the number 99,000. No, 97? 97,000. 97,000. So the number that you're going to text to is 97,000. So where you normally put the person's name or the phone number, put 97,000. And then in the message, just like you're sending a text to somebody at the bottom, you're going to put in acceleration. If you can't spell it, it is a funky spelling. I, the Lord gave us a unique name, and that's awesome. So look on the front of your note sheet or the back of your note sheet. It spells acceleration. Put that in and press send. Everybody do it? Text acceleration to the number 97,000. And just press send. The word acceleration to the number 97,000. Right? 97,000. You got it? You did it? All right. You text it. Okay. Praise the Lord. Acceleration to the number 97,000. Okay? And you press you press in. All right? Everybody do that? Raise your phone up after you get you got it done. Raise your phone up. Raise your phone up. Let me see. Don't be trying to mess with me. Let me see. Let me see. Come on, Bubba. Come on, Bubba. It's a time to go into a deeper season of consecration. Okay, so what's going to happen at 725 tomorrow morning, you're going to get a text. It's just a ding, one little ding. It's not going to kill you. And, and what's bothering you is your flesh anyway. If you get your flesh under your you don't owe your flesh nothing. Get it in check, amen? Because in our spirit, it's your spirit. How many of you know the Bible says that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak? Yeah. So we got to wrestle this flesh. And you got to get yourself by the back of your own collar, your own neck, and pull yourself out the bed. Wrestle your flesh because your flesh ain't never going to want to do anything spiritual. Your flesh ain't going to want to pray. Flesh don't want to worship. Flesh don't want to praise. Flesh don't want to go to church. Flesh don't want to get up. Amen. Flesh wants to lay on the couch and eat bonbons. Come on now. What is a bonbon? I don't know what a bonbon is, but that's what I've always heard. 
a chocolate covered ice okay. cream. Yeah, don't put acceleration church, just put the word acceleration. So tomorrow morning you're gonna get a little uh, just a little so here's what you're gonna do. When it sends you to say it's time for the acceleration church protocol, you're just gonna tap the number. It's a big long number because what's gonna happen is it's gonna dial you in, and once you're dialed in, it's gonna say, please enter your access code, followed by da 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 da. Don't do anything. Kevin has it set to it, puts a number in all for you all by yourself. Then it said, then it's gonna say, now press pound to be connected to the call. So the next thing, you don't have to put in a, a code or anything, just press pound and you'll be connected to the call. And you'll be on with me and with everybody else and we're, we're gonna have another season of consecration, amen? So we're going deeper into this deeper season. The next four weeks, everybody say the next four weeks. Starting tomorrow morning, we're starting another season of fasting and prayer. Oh, Jesus, y'all are making me work hard. Another season of fasting and prayer is only four weeks, but look what this is going to do. What did he say? Consecrate yourselves because tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do what? Amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So if I want the amazing things, I got to what? Consecrate and consecrate means to come apart. We said we just go, you might lose a little bit of sleep. Go back to bed. We'll sleep when you finish. Alright? So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Go go to Starbucks while you're up. But here's what here's what we're gonna do. This next four weeks of fasting and prayer is gonna give birth to the next series of breakthroughs. Amen. Amen. It's gonna be like pouring gas on a fire. And this is the scripture God gave me to give you. Amos 9, 13 through 15. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swing. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look. Blessing. Somebody better claim that and say amen right there. Say that's me. That's me. That's me. Alright. So number two. Great moves of God have always come on the heels of consecration. Any great move of God, it has always come on the heels of consecration. People consecrated. People believe even the Azusa Street Revival. William Seymour, I've read where he, he didn't have a pulpit, but he had two chicken crates stacked on top of each other. He would get behind those chicken crates, kneel down and put his head in, in that box back there. And in that box, somehow he'd come out with the spirit and the presence of God. But he spent time consecrated along with God. Amen? All right, think about Elijah. Oh, my notes. Right here, Elijah. Elijah was alone with God by the brook where the ravens came and fed him in the morning and the evening. Come on, you know, y'all remember the story of Elijah? Where Elijah was there and then when the brook dried up, God called him to a season of, of being alone, away from everywhere else. Elijah, Elijah, I need you to get over here because I'm going I'm to have you call down fire from heaven in front of all these prophets of Baal that think they got it going on here. Oh no, I'm going to prove that I'm really God, but I need you to come out from among them and get over here by yourself so I can minister something to you so you can come out with some power. Are y'all listening to me this morning? He wants us to come out of the season of consecration with some power. So, so he experienced a great victory at Mount Carmel. He called down fire from heaven and, and proved that the prophets of Baal were nothing. In fact, he had strength enough to kill all of them. He had strength enough from this time of consecration to outrun a chariot. He had strength enough from this consecration to pray down rain when it hadn't rained for three years. Yes, 
For we came out of consecration with power. Somebody say it's about power. And then Jesus, of course, Jesus often, look in Luke 5, 16, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So he consecrated. But the night that it was all on the line, the crucifixion, the scourging, resurrection power, Jesus went a little deeper. He went a little deeper. Look at Matthew 26, 39. It says he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed. So we're taking our consecration a little bit different. He experienced the greatest victory ever on Sunday morning when he got up from the dead. Amen. Amen. But it all was on the line in consecration. Yes. Hallelujah. So I'm calling this season of the breakthrough the secret place. Matthew 6, 6 through 7. This season, this next four weeks, we're calling it the secret place. Matthew 6, 6 through 7. But you, when you pray. Go into your room and when you shut the door, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So consecrate yourself and the Lord will do amazing things. Reward you openly. Amen. And so what I want you to do, everybody look at me. I want eyeballs right quick. Everybody look, 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 look. So after the prayer call, or before the prayer call, you pick. I consecrate before the prayer call. I get up an hour early. I get up at 6.30. Set my alarm for 6 30 at least. I might well, once or twice, but I do get up. And I and I and I and I get with the Lord and I let him talk to me. So I have something fresh to give you when you get on the call. And that ends up being my notes for my sermon on Sunday. Amen. So so what what I want you to do is to organize your secret place time either right before or right after the prayer call. Can somebody say amen or okay? Amen. <laughs> Hit it, Tamar. All right. So, the secret place. It's a deeper life commitment. If you look on the back of your note sheet, instead of making a separate prayer guide, I just put it on here. So if you look on the back of your note sheet, right here, here's the first week's worth of prayers. I, I could have typed the scripture out for you, but y'all lazy. <laughs> so lazy. I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I rebuke that. Y'all are not lazy. <laughs> y'all are full of energy. You love using it for the Lord. You're full of vim, vigor, and vitality. Hallelujah. But so I put the scripture down there so you can have in your time with God, you look it up in your Bible. It's something about just looking in the book. And it's all right. Some of us, I know y'all know we're techie and we're millennials and all that. We just pull it up on our phone. But Pastor Stanley, you just pull it on up and it's something about the book. Yes, praise God. Okay, we'll use the phone then. I don't care. I don't have to look at it. The thing is, I just want you to look at it. Amen? So there's your scripture for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so what do I want you to do? We're going to, it's from Monday, August the 8th to Sunday, November the 4th. This is our season of consecration, our secret place consecration. Everybody got it? All right, so look here, what we're going to do. Choose a fast that works for you and start Monday morning. You know, um, don't start with coffee. That's a big one, the first week, because it's four weeks. I usually like to, you know, I don't just put myself in shock. You know, I'll, like the first week I'll cut out coffee or cut out sweets. And then the next week I might cut out carbs. And then the next week I might cut out just, you know, um, anything but... Just vegetables, fruits and vegetables the next week. And then sometimes the last week I'll just go with liquids. You know, protein shakes. You know, I can have a Starbucks. Uh, you know, like something from fruity, something, you know. 
Mom's is liquid. Mom's gonna go through a straw. Amen. It's it's a fast. So so I usually ramp it up. And so so decide what you're gonna do ahead of time. You can't be on the fly. Oh well, I'm gonna go ahead and have this because you know. No, don't do that. You want to write down what your fast is going to be. Why are we fasting? Because we're fasting so that we're we're putting our flesh on this so we sensitive to God in this time of consecration. Amen. Amen. Be sensitive to Him. All right. So decide what it's going to be for Monday morning. When is Monday morning? That's tomorrow, right? Yeah. All right. Purpose to be on the prayer call every morning. This is what I'm asking you to do. This is this is a, a clarion call here. So right after the prayer call, or right before, look up the scripture of the day and spend time with God in prayer, meditating on His word, worship and praise, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now you ain't got to take all day. You can, if you want to. But you can get a whole lot, a whole lot out of just ten minutes, and the Lord will faint. I'm just joking. <laughs> all right, so. So you're going to spend time. It doesn't, it doesn't take a whole long. Praying in the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you prayed in tongues? You prayed in the Holy Spirit. Spend time letting God reveal stuff to you through the Holy Spirit. Pray specifically about what God would have you give on November 4th for our supernatural day of giving. That's Sunday, November 4th. We're going to have a supernatural day of giving. So it's not about the amount of time, but it's about the refreshing and boldness that comes from being with Him. So times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. All right, let's get finished. Y'all ready to race to the end here? Here we go. Four benefits from consecration. Number one, isolation from society. Come apart. Come away. Be separate. You know, um, the Bible says that, uh, uh, let's see, it's Romans 12, 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Which is your reasonable service. Yes. That's just your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed yes. by the renewing of your mind. Yes, praise God. So we have to come out from among them and get transformed. Y'all real quiet right there, but I know I'm preaching good. Yes, praise God. All right? So isolation from society. Number two, illumination of scriptures. During this time, scriptures will come alive to you. Yeah. Scriptures that you normally you've read before. I didn't see that in there. Like, you know, stuff just has been popping out to me lately because I've just, this is just a, a deeper time of consecration. Scriptures will be more meaningful. There'll be something that God speaks to you in. Number three, impartation of strength. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So you wait and spend time with God in prayer. Get a hold of God and say, I ain't letting go till you bless me. Amen? Amen. Spending time with Him. There's an impartation of strength. Sarah herself received physical strength because she judged Him faithful. How is she judging faithful? She just kept meditating on what God said. Amen? Amen? So we meditate on His Word and we get an impartation of strength. Number four, intensification of the Spirit of God. Intensi- number four, intensification of the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit, you, you'll be more sensitive to Him. Not that He becomes stronger because He's always strong. Won't Amen. ever be anything but strong. But the intensification of you being able to hear Him. Yes. Being sensitive to Him. Now look at these three quick rewards of consecration. One reward is brokenness. You think, Pastor Sally, how is brokenness a reward? Oh, brokenness is an awesome thing, y'all. Psalm 51, 17, you come before God and you are empty and you are broken. And it's not something that God does. God does not break you. You break yourself. 
You come before him broken. You come before him and say, Lord, I, I just come before you and let you make me into another vessel. Psalm 51, 17 says the desire, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. So what is brokenness? It's a state of spiritual surrender to God. An intentional shifting of the heart. You ought to underline that. An intentional, intentional shifting of the heart where I may have veered off. You know, it's easy to drift and not know it. When you go fishing, you've got to put an anchor out and make sure the anchor hits bottom and you hold steady because if your anchor is dragging along the bottom, you'll drift and not really realize that you have drifted. Amen. Yes. So when you consecrate, you anchor yourself. Yes. See, we can get drift, we can drift off. So this, this time of consecration will bring a brokenness that will cause us to intentionally shift our hearts. Yes. So it's total submission. Giving up every conceivable right to your own ways and choosing God's ways. Amen? It's kind of like tightening up a little bit. You know, BA um, uh, works on cars. Every now and then you just got to tighten some stuff up, right? Stuff just comes loose just from driving down the road. Some stuff might have just come loose just because you've been driving down the road. I'm talking about in your spirit. Amen? Come on, it's time to just tighten things up. Get the wrench and let's tighten things up a little bit. Yes. I'm excited about this. Y'all are quiet, but that's all right. I know y'all going to get it. It might be 2 in the morning. Don't make me pray God interrupt your sleep. All right. <laughs> So it's part of the human will to choose to be broken before God, to put yourself on the potter's wheel. So, you know that, that song that we sing, here in your presence, we are undone. You know, it's a time to come before God and just be undone. We get all dude up for everybody else. We put on a mask and a face for everybody else. But this is a time where you just come undone. It's just you and God. Your heart broken before him so he can pour in. Come on. Yes. Become, become a new wine skin so he can pour in some new wine and it won't burst. Amen. Hallelujah. Consecrated. Causes you to come out with a power you lacked before. We shift into brokenness before God. We develop a courageous confidence and love is developed in our time with him. See, when we don't love God, we won't be committed to God. <clears throat> Number two. One of the rewards of, of brokenness, I mean, not brokenness, one of the rewards of consecration is boldness. Boldness. When you spend time alone with God, you consecrate, you come out bold. The righteous are bold as a lion. Acts 4.13, it says, now when they saw the what? Well, y'all come on, catch up. Acts 4.13. This is good. I make it so small, y'all can't read it. <laughs> we should have passed out of money right now. It's on the screen. It's on the screen, okay. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they'd been with Jesus. So their boldness came because they'd been with Jesus. So you're going to come out of this season of consecration with a boldness. Come on, hit the person next to you and say, you better get bold. All right, then the third one. Now, don't fold your paper up when I give you this answer. Do not, I bet my dear, one paper fold up when I give you this answer. Y'all just, y'all just think, huh? So, I still got, I still got dessert. Come on. I'm watching you. Dessert. Here we go. Here we go. The third, the third reward is breakthrough. Did you get boldness number two? 
I just had three on the screen, so I had to wait. And this oh, okay. is just a little high. Okay, three is breakthrough. Mental breakthrough comes. Manifested breakthrough comes. Emotional breakthrough comes. Every natural barrier is broken. Breakthrough comes when you've been consecrated. Breakthrough has surely come for our church, amen, because we consecrated. Now we're going to take that thing a little bit further and get some power in this church. Amen. Hallelujah. Because why? Why? Why do we want to do this? Because there are families and there are people all around this neighborhood, all around here, that are looking for what we have. There's people who need to be encouraged, people who need to be equipped, people who need to be empowered. We need to have some power for them when they get here. Amen. Not just power that comes from the pulpit, not just power that comes with Tamar worship, not just that kind of power, but power on you when you shake your hand at the door and shake our fear when they come in wondering where they fit in. You gotta have some power, amen? amen. You gotta have something on that handshake when you say hello to somebody. You need some power. Some of you need to be raised up to teach and to preach and to help other people. Come on, it's time to come out with some power and some breakthrough. It's all about consecration. So on November 4th, we're gonna sow for God's building renovations. We're gonna, we're gonna sow and we're gonna give because we're gonna, we're gonna renovate this place. We're going to turn it into something that, that is going to be... You know, we, we did this, what, 15 years ago. I built those... Oh, I can't say I built them. Well, I did. I cut them out. I built them. I built those those arches and those columns out of PVC pipe. Uh, and that's that's 10-inch PVC pipe. I found those at Garden Ridge Pottery. Those little uh, tops on those. We the, the, the girls got with me up here. And we put sheet rock mud and we painted those. But you know, that's 15-year-old decor. People expect stuff to look a certain kind of way now. A little more modern. This carpet needs to go. It's beautiful. It's wine. It's nice. But we want. But we want. But we want to have something like stained concrete. We want something that looks like Starbucks when you walk in. We want to redo all of this area over here so we've got a nice bar with bar stools and seating and and sofas and chairs. So it, it look, people expect a place to look a certain kind of way. We're building a place for people. Amen. For people just that are want to come, not just because what they're getting, but it's a nice place for them to come. It's nice already, like it is, but we we, we have a vision for it to go to a whole nother level. So we're going to sow on November the fourth. We're going to come in and we're going to give into the give into the house of our God. So that's all about tithes and offerings. That's why I talked about that. Again. That's all about consecration. You're t- getting your money consecrated. Yes. You need God. your money to be consecrated. Yes. Look at Leviticus 30, 27, 30. It says, and all the tithe of the land is the Lord's. It's consecrated. It's holy to the Lord and must be consecrated to him as holy. Yes. So but it, 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 we must set it apart as holy to him. So let me show you this. Okay, let's just say that this. Can you come hold this for me, baby? This represents Kent's income right here. Tilted this way. All right? 20 linens here. We have 20 linens. All right? So 20 linens, how much of it belongs to God? Okay, so 10%. We're going to pick out two linens. We're going to pick out a great big linen out here. We're going to pick about enough. So, so two linens, two linens belong to God. That's not his. These two linens belong to God. So we, we take these linens and we bring them into the house of God. And we separate, we separate them from ours because they belong to God. And that, makes it holy. So it's holy. Everybody got that? Yeah. Alright? So when I do that, what happens to what I have? It becomes holy. See, if, if he kept his, if he kept his too, 
If he kept his two, that's all he's got. But he takes his two, takes God's two, and he puts them and he puts them in the kingdom of God. It makes it holy, separate. Uh oh, God's living fell. Okay, so here it's consecrated, so it's holy, it's God, which causes what you have to be consecrated. Y'all look at me, look at me. Because, uh, can you help with some chairs? You guys, a couple of guys are helping you. Hey, Pastor. Hey, how you doing? So it makes what you have left consecrated. That's why God said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Everybody see that? Yes. He makes what you have holy. So if out of what is holy that still belongs to him, Kenton decides, because I love God, and he says, you brought me in tithes and offerings, when I take from what is holy and make, and make an offering for God, the kids really love God, so he's going to really give God, he's going to really sacrifice, he's going to give God a really good, so he's going to bring this, and he's going to, he's going to put this with that for God. Now this, this causes something to happen that's amazing. God said, then, see if I won't. See if I won't. See if I won't. Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that you that overflow blessing. And so you have to decide, I'm not going to compromise in this area. Yeah. I'm not going to compromise. There's too much at stake. There's too much. I'm not going to rob God of the, of the ability to pour out his blessing on my I'm not going to rob God. See, he feels robbed because he doesn't get to bless because why? He's a blesser. That's what he does. That's who he is at his core. So you don't want to rob God. So that's what we're doing. We're going we're gonna to remodel this place. And so that's what that's what it's about. And so we're we're going to bring a seed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip First Kings. Well, I can't skip it. I, well, oh Lord, have mercy. Okay. See, God is asking for a seed to build out the building. We're gonna build it out and make it into something that's gonna be amazing. So when the man of God, when Elijah came to the widow woman. She had her last little bit, right? She had the last little bit. She said, I got enough just to make a little cake for me and my son. We're going to eat it. We're going to die. That's all we got. About to die. She had given up. But the man of God said, look, do what you're going to do. Just make me a little cake for me first. And then you and your son uh, will be able to go and make a meal. Look what it says there in 1 Kings 17, 13. And Elijah says to her, don't worry about a thing. Go ahead and do what you said. See, it was a drought. There was no way to get any more. Amen. That was all she had. There wasn't no HEV around the corner. It was a drought. There wasn't even a field to go get some more. It was it. Somebody say the end. That was it. It was a drought. That's all there was. So he said, um, go ahead and do what you said, but first. Somebody say first fruits. First fruits. First make a small biscuit for me and bring it back here. Then go ahead and make a meal from what's left for you and your son. Come on. Now she was about to eat one little cake and they died, but... Now, all of a sudden, it's increased to a meal. Yeah. There'll be enough for you to make a meal. Thus says the Lord, the bit, of, the bit of flour and the jar of oil will not run out. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
And so we see how God does, how he, how he causes overflow to come to your, to your life. Now we talked about David. David was a tither. David was a giver. David loved God. And he led the giving for the building of the temple. He got involved with his heart when it came to giving. Everything David did, he did it with passion. Yes. God does not want you to just throw something at the offering or just throw something at this offering that we're going to take on November the 4th of the building. He wants you to get involved with your heart. So look at 1 Chronicles 29, 2-9. It says, now for thy, this is David talking. This is so bad right here. Look, this is so, when I say bad, I'll be good. Uh, now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. Gold for things to be made of gold. Silver for things of silver. Bronze for things of bronze. Iron for things of iron. Wood for things of wood. Onyx stones. Stones to be set. Glistening stones of various colors. All kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Look at verse 3. This is key. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Then it goes on to tell what it was that he gave, silver and gold and how much. And then he he charges everyone that's there. Look at the end of verse 5, right before verse 6. It says, who then is willing to what? Consecrate. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, and captains of the thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. Y'all have me preached. Offered willingly. They gave for the house of God five thousand talents and ten thousand derricks. So they gave a lot of money. Yes. Stones and, and iron and bronze and all the stuff. And they put it all in the hands of this guy, Jehiel the Gershonite, because he was the one who was going to build it. Then verse 9 says, after they had, they had this big public offering where everybody brought in all that, they, that God had led them to give for this offering for the building of the house of God. And look what it says. Is, then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly. Yes. Because with a loyal heart, yes. they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. So what this is telling us here, he said, who then is willing to consecrate himself? What scripture says he's willing to fill his hands to the Lord? Praise God. Father, we thank you for this word. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that it's been sown on good ground. It's been sown on the good ground of our hearts, God. Lord, we thank you that it will not return void, Lord, as we begin this time of consecration. We declare that we are holy ground. This time of separating and coming a little bit deeper. Lord, we'll do our best to be on the prayer call. Lord, we'll do our best. We want to have this deeper, secret place connection with you every day. So that, Lord, we come out with this power. We come out with this brokenness. We come out, Lord, with a deeper commitment to you. Lord, we love you. Everything is centered around you, God. All that we are, all that we hope to be, everything that you prepared for us to do and be. Lord, we want to see it all come to pass. Lord, that's why we are we are pressing towards breakthrough because we don't want to waste a minute, God. We want all that you have for us. We want it all to come to pass, God. We want every person that we're supposed to make impact with, God, that it'll it'll happen. And we'll be ready for it. We'll be full of power, God. So we thank you for it. We declare a season of incredible breakthrough is not over. Lord, that for 2018, we still have three more months, God. We thank you that we will emerge from this thing, having broken through with the incredible, God. 
thank you for all that you've done already. We thank you for this building. We consecrate it right now in the name of Jesus and declare this is holy ground. This place is holy ground. We see it renovated. We see it filled with people. We see it filled with people to overflowing. This is our breakout year, Lord. We have broken out. By the time we get a sign up, it will be amazing. Thank you, Father. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you are drawing people here from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Father, we thank you for breakthrough in our own lives, breakthrough in our emotions, breakthrough in our in our minds, breakthrough, Lord, in, in every area. We're, Lord, the person that needs to forgive today, probably several of us have people we need to forgive. Father, I thank you that you help guide us through that. We don't have to do it on our own. There's a grace from you to forgive. So we thank you for it. We receive it. We receive it now by faith and declare that we have broken through in Jesus. I know that heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you said, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me, Pastor Sally? I'm going to say a prayer in just a moment. If you'd like for me to include you in that prayer, you know, you just, you just, you just, you just pray along with me. I'm, going to, I'm actually just going to let everybody pray together. If you'd say, I'm not right with God, I know that I'm, I've not been living right, I've turned my back on Him, or maybe you've never accepted Christ, today's a good day to say yes to Christ. Why do I mean Christ? Because He died for our sins. All of us have sinned. We've all messed up. We've all done our own thing and gone our own way. But Jesus paid the price on that cross for each one of, for each one of us, for all that we had done. He was innocent. We're guilty. He gives us His innocence. Verdict and we take, he, he gives us his innocent verdict because he took our guilty verdict. He, he took it on the cross. And so I'm going to say a prayer with you. I'm just going to lead you in a real simple prayer. And as I lead you in that prayer, your life is about to change. If you really mean it in your heart, God will come in and totally revolutionize your life. You'll be a different person, a brand new creation, something you've never been before that's never existed. So I'm just going to lead you in this prayer. Everybody, this is a real solemn moment, a real moment where you're coming face to face with God in your heart. All right. So let's talk to our Father. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry. And I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I believe that you sent Jesus to pay for my sin penalty through the death on the cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on Sunday morning. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I am trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you prayed that prayer. I had everybody fill out a, a connection card earlier. If you've got your connection card, if you would, call me a connection card. If you would, on the back of your connection card, you made that, that decision for Christ. There's a little box on the back that you can check. It just says, yes, I say yes to Jesus and commit my life to Christ as my Lord. If you would just put a check mark there and then you're just going to drop that in the offering basket in just a moment as we receive our offering. And then I'll be able to give you more information. If the phone number's on there, I'll be able to call you and let you know what your next steps are with Christ. 
So you can be successful on your journey with it. Amen? Amen. Alright, well it's offering time. I know we went over today, but we did get quite a late start. And I am so sorry about that, but we'll get you out of here in just a few minutes. But isn't it great to have a place where we can hang out afterwards? It's our place. We don't have to run off. So there's several ways that you can give. You have your, um, your, um, I believe they got it, Will, but thank you. Thank you for being Will. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's several ways you can give. You have your offering envelope. You can give right there. There's a, a little slip in there. If you want to fill out your credit card information, you can give that way. Or the best way to give, and, the, and really if you don't have the Acceleration Church app, you ought to pull out your phone and download it right now. You just go to the App Store or Google Play. It's called, and you, you see how you spell Acceleration. Acceleration Church in the App Store. Download it. That's the easiest way to give. Because you can just click give and uh, it'll take you right to push pay. You'll be able to, it's the most secure way to give online that there is. So you'll, um, you can give that way, your tithes and offerings. And uh, we keep accounting of it and make sure at the end of the year we give you a report um, for all your giving. And we appreciate all your giving. Appreciate all the um, extra seeds that you've sown towards getting us here so far. So excited about where we're going and what we're doing. This new season of breakthrough for us. This is our breakout year. Hold your offering up and we're going to make a faith declaration of our giving. Ready? Everybody, everybody, everybody good? Everybody all right? And how everybody's feelings? No. Let's go. Yes, yes. Here we go. Father, in Jesus' name. 